uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to the Out Loud Microsoft Monthly Podcast. Loads of news in this month's edition, but as a special surprise, it's not all Microsoft Teams related, as there are a couple of bits of Skype for Business news in there for you as well. As always, my expert guest is Microsoft MVP Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems, and he joins me to take me through all of the news. We cover Skype for Business's latest update, a deadline for Skype phone firmware upgrades, as well as the usual host of Microsoft Teams updates, including information barriers, VDI support for chat, and some closer integration with Kaizala. Have a listen. Well, good morning, Tom. Thanks for joining me. We're, we're in May now. I don't know where the year's gone so far. I know. Time, time's been flying. It's been uh, hard to even schedule this podcast, and we've both been so busy. Yeah, absolutely. I've been uh, gallivanting away. I know you've got loads of stuff coming up. And as usual... Today, I was really bad because I looked through your blog and I thought I can't even headline summarize this. So you've had to pick out the main highlights for me of the news because there's been so much because it's been a few, it's been nearly six weeks. Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot going on both on the Skype side and the team side this month. So yeah, plenty as always to get our teeth into. Well, it's funny you should mention our old friend Skype. So let's let's start there. And uh, the the I think the big headline for Skype was this uh, the update for Server 2015. Yeah, yeah. So we got another what Microsoft called a cumulative update. So that's like an all-up patch that f- has fixes and and maybe features in. Uh, and it just you know another continuing show that Microsoft are still looking after those Skype server customers. So. There are a ton of fixes in there, um, not any big new features, which, again, we've talked about on the podcast. Yeah. You shouldn't really expect new features now on Skype server. Um, but one little takeaway for some customers was it will now support TLS 1.2 for Surface Hub and Teams Room systems. So that was a little blocker for some customers that wanted to move to TLS 1.2 across the board. Skype server 2015 will now support that for those devices, which is nice. Yeah, as, as you said, we, we weren't expecting, you know, a raft of new features for Skype because the, the real development's going on in Teams. But I suppose updating it to Microsoft's latest bit, bits of kit make, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. They've got to keep supporting those customers. Customers may be on this for years to come. It's fully supported for years to come. So particularly making sure those security patches are coming out regularly and everything's being tidied up is good to see. I think I saw, I saw you post something on LinkedIn, which, which gained a lot of, a lot of interest was the the update requirements for for Skype for business IP phones. Yeah, this one really blew up. Um, It was quite interesting. So this is Skype for business IP phones from third-party partners. If you're running those against Skype for business online, Microsoft are changing the way they authenticate. And that change is happening on July 1st. So not a great deal of time. Um, and the information kind of came out in dribs and drabs, but but it actually it's not a huge deal in terms of workflow for a customer to do, but it's making sure you do it before the 1st of July. So what's changing is at the moment, those third-party phones from Audio Codes, Crestron, Polycom, Yealink, they all have a single identity, if you like, an application ID. So it doesn't matter which vendor you're using, it's the same application ID. And Microsoft are just tightening up the security on Office 365 and saying each of those vendors needs their own unique ID. That will go into effect in on the 1st of July. So what that means is that before that time, you have to approve your vendor on your tenant. So you have to say, I allow Polycom phones to connect or I allow audio uh, codes phones to connect. And all that is, is a approval URL, click the URL, click I agree. 
and then you update the phones to the latest firmware that has that new ID in. Um, but you have to do it in that order. If you update the phones before you click the link, essentially the phones have a new ID, they try and sign in, and it says, well, you haven't approved audio code, you haven't approved Crestron, so these can't sign in. Okay, and, and the full details are for that on your and, and I should imagine m most large enterprises who've got, you know, big amounts of these phones would be aware of this. Yeah, it's going out through the message center that they should be aware, definitely. Um, Crestron, Polycom and Audio Codes have already got um, FAQ kind of posts up. I've got all the URLs on my blog. Um, but it is something that bigger organizations will need to be aware of and think about because quite often they have a process of how these approvals work, who gets to do it, you know, change control windows, testing firmware before it gets updated. And, and it's interesting, this is another tension of cloud versus prem. So this is a cloud change, an Office 365 change. And the thing with the cloud is you, as a customer, have got to keep up with your end of the bargain, keeping your clients patched, keeping everything you're supposed to do up to date. So although it's only kind of two months, I feel like, well, in a cloud world, that's the kind of thing you need to get used to. Like you need to be aware of what's going on with the service. You need to pay attention to the changes. But yeah, it will be tight for some customers. I mean, the firmware hasn't even been released from those vendors yet, so they can't even test until those firmwares become available. Oh, right. Okay. So, so it is going to be uh, qu quite a speedy. And, and like you said, we talk about the benefits of cloud services being agility and flexibility, but that's, as you say, that's got to be reflected in, in the business that's deploying them as well. Yeah, this is what you're signing up for. Like things will change, things will improve, features will change, UI will change. That's part of the cloud deal. I think in big enterprises, often there's some pushback. We're like, well, we want the benefits of the cloud, but we don't want you to mess with our stuff. Well, it's not your stuff anymore. It's a combined service for you know hundreds of thousands of customers. It's it's going to change. Well, that I, th I think that pretty much summarises the Skype news in terms of the the CU9 update and the and the IP phone re requirements. Let's move on to to the the new kid. Well, I've about to say new kid on the block, but two years in GA, well, over two years in GA, and kind of three years if you count taps. It's really not that new anymore. But yeah, still mm -hmm. interesting how much fundamental change and UI tweaks and stuff are still happening in a two-year-old product. You know, I guess that's that's this next topic is there's another UI change in in Teams. Yeah, and it, it, is that the automatic hiding piece? Yeah, and I think this is a good thing. So this is, if you're a member of a team in Teams, loving the language as always, you, you yes. have that, that that team in your UI. So you go to your Teams tab and here's your Teams, the Project X, the engagement with the customer, the internal sales team, the marketing team, whatever you're a member of. Very quickly, you can be members of lots and lots of teams. So at Modality, we operate a one team per customer model. And that's great because what that means is right from the initial sales engagement, pre-sales, all the information about who engaged, what was said, the documents that were issued all live in that team, through to a sale, Salesforce links to it, the, the post-sale delivery team, the project manager, the managed service, everybody lives in that. So it gives us this great ability to deliver to a customer and have everybody in our global team, our video managed service team, our 24-hour support team, all coordinated in the same place. But if you are a, a worker in modality who deals with lots of customers, like in my role, I do strat guidance for multiple customers. I do product uh, management for some of our customer products. I end up in lots and lots of teams and that can become overwhelming in the UI. Like I can be members of you know tens of customers at the same time. Now I can take some responsibility to show and hide those teams in the UI, 
that what Microsoft have found, and not surprisingly, is most people don't tend to manage that experience themselves. They're too busy doing the work they're supposed to do. So what teams will now do is if you haven't engaged in a team in 45 days, it will just hide it in the UI or put it behind a hidden teams button. And that makes it like less overwhelming because the top X teams you were working on are visible to you and the rest are still there. Just you just have to click on more teams or show show teams and you'll see the rest of them. Yeah. So in your example, a customer that you might have had some strategic engagement on quite a long time ago and then it's gone into you know the the, the more on hand uh, the more in hand professional services side of thing whereas you have you haven't had input for a while it'll it'll hide that team for you yeah absolutely and if someone still wants to get my attention they can at mention me and it will still pop up and i'm still a member of that team but the way to think about it is and the way we've been trying to talk about it with customers in terms of user adoption is membership of a team is is the option to look into it not the requirement to read every message so it's it's the right to walk into the project room. It's not the mandatory requirement to sit in the project room the whole time. And this is kind of taking that a little bit further. It's like, well, don't you know, you don't have to read every message in every team. That's not the point of teams. The point is people can at mention you if they need you. You can read it if you want to, but you don't have to read every single message in every single team. No, and I suppose that's just, as you said, that's just another example of, you know, Microsoft reducing, reducing the, the admin of actually using Teams to allow users to focus on their, their proper workflow. Yeah, and, and it's a reaction to, you know, Microsoft pull all the statistics on who's using what. They have all the kind of data of how people are experiencing Teams plus the quality of customer feedback. And this is directly from that. Like, you know, people are saying, well, this can get overwhelming. So, well, how do we fix that? Well, if you haven't been in the team in 45 days, odds are it's not super relevant for you day to day. Let's make it a little bit less cluttered in the UI. Makes sense. And, and there's a few there's a few other updates as well. We we spoke about information barriers in the past, which are sort of segregating certain teams uh, and, and different aspects. And that's now in preview. Yeah, this is pretty interesting, actually, particularly for kind of people listening who are in the partner or the vendor space. So in Skype for business um, or I guess in let's say in financial customers, regardless of product, there's a requirement to often split certain parts of the business so they can't talk to each other. So, for example, in a big FinServe customer, there may be part of the business that does accounting for customers and offers financial consulting, and they are privy to a lot of information about how that organization that is their customer is operating. And there's another part of the business that does investments. And you're not allowed, for obvious reasons, to say, well, this part of the business can talk to the other part and tell them, look, the books aren't looking very good, the roadmap's not great, don't invest in this business, or they're just about to do this business deal and they're worth a lot of money, so invest now. So it's kind of stop insider trading, basically. Um, there are other verticals with a similar requirement, like drug development. Maybe they're not allowed to talk to certain teams because they're sub-companies of one entity, that kind of thing. But typically it's FinServe. And previously, you'd always have to buy a third-party product that would go on top of Skype Business Server to create those barriers or those walls. And they were expensive products because there's a niche for that requirement and Microsoft had a partner ecosystem that delivered it. But in Office 365, Microsoft don't really let partner applications get right in the middle of the communications because of the risk to the service. Like if they give that level of access, it has to be very, very carefully managed. So it's kind of driving Microsoft down a first party in the box route. And that's what's happening here. You can, in preview now, you can set up groups of people that are not allowed to talk to each other. So that's for chats, that's for being in the same team, that's for doing calling, that's for meetings. 
So literally this group of people are not allowed to be in the same meeting as this group of people. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see, it's gonna be at the higher tiers of Office 365, so the E5 advanced compliance, kind of the high end tiers, which makes sense. But having that in the box rather than dealing with another third party, another cost, the interrupt of running with a third party doing this kind of thing is a real benefit, I think, to customers. No, and I think I think you said before we started recording, you're you're quite impressed at how, how quickly Microsoft have, have brought this out for Teams, because obviously it is a crucial function that that particular verticals really need. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why it's been pushed in preview and it's coming out relatively quickly, because this is not a requirement for every single customer. It is a small niche but a very important niche to Microsoft. And it's a reason why a number of customers would need to stay on Skype server rather than going to cloud. And also it's a requirement beyond just Teams. So it will apply over time to things like SharePoint and other workloads where all documents can't be shared between these teams, that kind of thing. So yeah, nice to see Microsoft taking that requirement seriously and baking it right into Office 365. Uh, next up, something you wanted to touch on as well in, t in terms of PowerShell modules. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of PowerShell. So uh, this is sort of niche for the IT admin who likes scripting and management, but Microsoft to have a generally available, fully supported PowerShell module for Teams now. So we've had a preview module forever. Preview in Microsoft language is kind of like beta or like subject to change. There are some customers, um, particularly Gov, this tends to happen where they're just not allowed to use anything preview or beta. It's just the policy. What Microsoft are doing is they're releasing a generally available, fully supported module, and they're keeping a preview module going. So they're going to have the test stuff in the preview module and the, the GA stuff in the GA module. And that gives them the flexibility of innovating fast, but gives customers who need a slower, steadier, tried, tested track to use the GA module and kind of carry on down that route. Yeah, no, something that's still important for, for the tech side of things. Um, one bit that I did think was was pretty big news was in, in terms of virtual desktop infrastructure and, and, and Teams Collab and chat support. Yeah, this is a big one. Again, um, tends to be finance and legal. Use a lot of this, maybe some in health. So VDI, virtual desktops, is the idea of having your desktop live in a server somewhere or in the cloud and you have a thin client, a, a low-cost, dumb terminal that you log on to every day, and um, that creates some challenges around how Teams works. And what Microsoft have done is created a particular edition of the Teams installer that will install in a, essentially in program files in the right place for a VDI install, um, which is a big thing for Teams. It, it's still not gonna support audio or video. That's gonna come in a future update from Citrix, and Citrix have shown me some stuff, there's some really cool stuff coming there. But right now, this gives people who just want chats and channels and teams on VDI a nice supported way to do that. Yeah, because I was going to say that the traditional problem with VDI has has always been video, hasn't it? Because it's, if you take the processing power away from the local PC, it's how you provision that from a server level. But th that's going to come in the future. But for the moment, you, you will be able to do the, ch the chat thing from a virtual environment. Definitely, yeah. So you can do chat now. And I'm hoping Citrix might have some stuff to talk about at um, UC Expo around like what they're doing. They've shown me some stuff like there's stuff coming there. Um, and that'll be the big step forward is once you can do audio and video on thin terminals, which you can do on Skype Business today. But yeah, this is a nice step in the right direction for having at least chat and teams as in text-based channels, files, tabs, all in VDI now. 
Yeah, and as you said, this does mainly apply to enterprise organisations. You, you mentioned public services and, and, and finance because it only makes sense for a really large organisation often to employ VDI environments. But um, th this is going to have some big relevance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those, those, those areas where either they want to do it for kind of, usually it's not cost actually because it's not the cheapest way to deploy necessarily, but it's about securing the data. It always lives in the data centre, it always will. Or in finance, it's about... I can swap that PC out instantly because the data is living in the data center. So, um, yeah, it was legal and FinServe tend to be big on this stuff, which again, big markets to Microsoft. Excellent. Uh, and, and finally, something that we, we've spoken about before and we, we were sort of speculating on what was going to happen was, was Kaizala, which is sort of uh, designed for the, the, the mobile frontline worker chat application. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So Kaizala, just a recap, it was built from the, uh, the kind of the team in India, Microsoft India, as a garage project, as like as a kind of a labs project. And it's a, a essentially kind of a WhatsApp-like experience, like a, you could you could consider it a WhatsApp clone if you were being cruel, um, uh, but it has a superset of features. So it has an API to do it, business application integration. It can scale groups to literally, they have over a million people in one of their groups. So the one of the Indian education subsidiaries is using it to broadcast to all the students when there's certain messages going out. So it is a super set of features, but to a typical user, it looks very similar to WhatsApp. And what was interesting is that is going down really well in mobile first scenarios. So things like um, developing areas where they tend to be mobile first in terms of their experience with IT. Um, you know, so that, that hints coming out of India, that is a very typical thing in India is they're not using desktop computers, they're using mobiles for everything. But also like retail frontline worker scenarios, you see this all the time. I'm sure you've, you've heard this from other people you talk to, Patrick, like WhatsApp is a de facto comms platform for a lot of those businesses, but it's not really, you know, you can argue about, is it really secure? Is it really GDPR compliant? Is it discoverable? Is it HIPAA? Like all those things. Admins can't control WhatsApp. WhatsApp is a consumer app. So once someone is leaves the business, like how do you make sure they've left the WhatsApp group? How do you make sure they haven't copied all that data, that kind of stuff? From a security perspective, I was, I was just going to say that that's the crucial bit that Kaizala would be able to combat. Yeah, and that's it. So Kaizala gives you the benefit of being a mobile first experience, but it's all tied into Office 365. So you can get a pro edition where IT admins can control who's in the group, who's not, kick people out when they've left the business, that kind of thing. What we've had announced is that Kaizala is going to be brought together with Microsoft Teams. So rather than having the Microsoft Teams option and the Kaizala mobile first option, those two worlds are going to come together as an integrated offering. Not a lot of detail on how. It's not really clear if they're going to literally merge them and you'll have the option of two mobile clients, if they'll bring the features into Microsoft Teams and kind of have a Teams light experience. The, the, the detail on the messaging is pretty light. Uh, and I think it's an interesting consideration right now for customers. If you are, say you're a retailer in Europe and you're thinking, well, Teams is great and it has a first line worker experience, but also Kaizala, I like the fact that it's mobile phone number based identities and it's um, free and the, you know, in the lowest level plan and it's my mobile workers can bring their own device. You previously had to make an odd choice where you're like, well, I could choose one or the other it feels like Microsoft are going to bring those worlds together so you don't have to make a choice anymore. The two systems will just be one or at least work fairly seamlessly together. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I, I haven't actually tried the, the Kaizala app myself, but I, would, I know a few people that have, and they, they were quite impressed with it. So it'd be interesting to see 
how they how they integrate that into the into the into the whole team's experience. Yeah, it's a very good app. It's super lightweight, does just one thing and, and works a lot like the WhatsApp experience, you know, faster load, faster run, simple integration. And and the question is, can they keep that level of things that people like while bringing it into Teams, which does a lot more with shifts and with tabs and bots and apps? Like it does a super set of features, but I think people are attracted to Kaizala because of the simplicity. So it's a, it's a delicate uh, balance to strike between functionality and simplicity. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that how that develops. Well, I, th- I think that's it for the main headlines of the news. There, there was a lot of other information, though, so, so people can find that on your blog, obviously, if they go to tomtalks.uk and they, and they can find any other stories there as well as, well as further details on these. For the meantime, though, I, th- I think that's it for the headlines. We, obviously, by the time this podcast comes out, hopefully at the end of this week, next week we've got UC Expo, which both uh, you and I are appearing on stage. Obviously, you're more popular because you appear a couple of times on... Well, we'll, we'll see. I heard, on, I heard on the grapevine you guys are in the keynote theatre, so I think you might gazump me in terms of audience, potentially. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll, ha- we'll have to tow it up. So, so you're speaking on both days. Well, what are you focusing on, Tom? Yeah, so I'm doing the, the same session I've done for a few years, which is a Microsoft Teams in the real world. So it's just a half hour session, demarketing all of the story. So what's actually, what are your actual options to deploy it? How does the licensing work? How does doing it as your meeting platform work? How does the telephony work? And what I do each year is I kind of draw on our actual customer experience with Teams and try and stay away from any buzzwords and just give a a 30 minutes of like, here's things you can consider if you're going to meetings, here's things you should consider if you're going to telephony. Yeah, so really looking forward to that and, and doing it both days, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. So if you're around, it'd be great to see you in that session. And I'll be around before and after as well. So uh, yeah, I hope to catch a lot of people. It's usually a good show for catching up with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. UC Expo, excellent for networking. And you're also uh, another another event in the States in early June. Yeah, Comsby Next, I'm really looking forward to this one. This is a community-driven Microsoft UC event. So focused just on Microsoft UC kind of and collaboration run by four MVPs in the US. And it's a two-day focused event with lots of good people from Microsoft, lots of, you know, really good focused sponsors. You know, everybody in this collab and UC space is, is going to be there. And very technical sessions, again, not a marketing conference a, a a technical let's get into the nuts and bolts of how this actually works conference so so selfishly i'm i'm speaking but selfishly i'm looking forward to going to a lot of the sessions from you know my uh, friends and peers kind of around the uc space to see what the latest is from all of them and and no doubt if, if people want to find out more about that they can they can find the details on your blog or i think it's commsv next as well as the website address yep com, commsvnext.com uh, there's still tickets open for the event in june and yeah it's uh, one that i think I'd, I'd i'd heartily recommend if you're in this space well excellent I, th- I think that's probably it for, for this roundup tom so we'll catch up at, at uc expo next month and we'll get another podcast out because no doubt there'll be some more news and, and updates from there as well Yep, yeah, so yeah, there'll be lots from UC Expo and Microsoft Build is just happening as we record this. So there'll be a bunch of news in the next podcast. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you at UC Expo. And if anybody's there, make sure you get to Patrick and Rob's session and uh, it'd be great to say hello as well. Brilliant. And well, as always, Tom, thanks for coming on. Cool. Cheers, Patrick. Talk soon. As always, a massive thanks to Tom for coming onto the podcast and giving us all the May updates for the Microsoft communication and collaboration platforms. You can follow Tom on social media and find his blog at tomtalks.uk. There's also loads more Skype and Teams content 
on our website at uctoday.com. So head over there for all the latest news on the platforms. You can also see the video version of this podcast recording on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and search for UC Today, you can see Tom and I digesting all the news with some added video enhancements. That's it for today, though. Thanks for listening.